Greetings and welcome to this edition of Faith to Live By. I'm your host, Pam Christian, and each week I help us discern current events from a biblical worldview. I seek the Lord to help us prophetically gain His wisdom, insights, and strategies so we can know the best response to see God's kingdom well done on earth as it is in heaven. I intentionally seek topics that are seldom, if ever, addressed from the pulpits because successfully living the Christian life is to influence others for Christ in every area of society. Every area of society is referred to as the seven mountains, which includes religion, family, business slash finance, government, education, media, and arts slash entertainment. As Christians, we are to be the standard and the influence on the culture, but it's been the other way around. And I believe the reason the whole world is in the mess we're in today is because those of us who have the truth, namely Jesus Christ, have not championed it. We have not stood up for truth by standing against that which sets itself up against the Word of God. As a result, a tremendous number of immoral and perverted laws, lifestyles, ideals, and philosophies have come to dominate our culture, and it's the same pattern of God's people in the Old Testament. They swear allegiance to God, then in short order, they are attracted and participating with the immorality and lawlessness of the devil. Observing his people and not overriding their free will, God gives them over to their own desires. Then there comes a point in time when things get so bad, God's people finally cry out to him again to be rescued. And God is ever faithful, and he rescues his people only for the same cycle to play out over and over again throughout history, including up through today. Gratefully, the whole world is waking up to the realization that we have permitted the many atrocities and the gross perversions that are dominating and oppressing people worldwide through what's clearly been governmental tyranny, medical tyranny, crimes against humanity, and so much more. And once again, the remnant of God's people have called upon God to rescue us, consistent with Second Chronicles 7.14, which reads, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. People of all nations worldwide are crying out to God, needing a host of issues overturned and restored to righteousness. God's people today are united in prayer, which creates righteous unity, seeking God's help on all fronts. And this intervention, brothers and sisters in Christ, is exactly what we are seeing God do today, and we will see more of it in the upcoming weeks and months. These are exciting times to be alive because God's people have returned to Him. Today's topic is abortion and the long-standing prophetic focus of overturning Roe v. Wade in America. Many prophecies from many respected prophets have been given about the reversal of Roe v. Wade, which was actually adjudicated in 1973, nearly 49 years ago. I believe we are approaching the year of Jubilee and the overturn of Roe v. Wade. With today's program, you'll learn about events leading up to the rogue Supreme Court landmark ruling of Roe v. Wade. You'll learn prophetic claims and commendable advancements opposing abortion. And you'll learn about a new documentary certain to change hearts and minds to gain the remaining momentum needed for the prophetic promises concerning abortion to be realized. If you or someone you love has been harmed by the enemy's narrative that abortion is a viable choice, I pray this podcast will comfort you and give you renewed hope. There is nothing, no sin greater than God's ability to forgive. 
And once we have been forgiven from sin, we have a unique compassion for others caught up in the same deception. And this gives us an opportunity to serve in a very effective manner. Keep this in mind as I continue with this podcast. As you listen, I want you to prayerfully seek the Lord to know what specific task He wants you to complete in partnership with Him. As we work together in the power and authority of Christ, we will see the works of the devil recede in a much greater pace than we've ever seen before. Mark my words. If you want to see the evil and corruption swiftly taken out, then we each must take up our place in God's plan and be united in our efforts. With all the recent criticism of prophetic words given by present-day prophets not coming to pass when we expect it, with the many people quickly calling prophets of God false, I want to highlight the prophetic word and the incremental fulfillment of the prophecies concerning Roe v. Wade. You know, Old Testament prophets and New Testament prophets operate differently. One thing in common is any person who claims to speak for God that actually turns people away from God, that is a false prophet. The fact we don't personally see the fulfillment of a prophetic word does not mean the person who spoke the word is a false prophet. Think of all the Old Testament prophets who prophesied about Jesus' birth, life, and death. They all died long before the words God gave them were fulfilled. We have to stop letting the enemy divide us. I want us to learn how to get in stride with God and His timeline and stop the infighting over the timing of fulfilled prophecies. Such division among us is ever and only the enemy of God, and such gives Him the advantage in our camp. We must intentionally create righteous unity and each one of us do our part in partnership with God and one another to see our prayers answered. Here's some background about the landmark Supreme Court case known as Roe v. Wade. In 1971, Norma McCorvey, known in the court documents as Jane Roe, filed a lawsuit against the Attorney General of Texas, Henry Wade. McCorvey argued a Texas law banning abortion, which had been enforced against her, was unconstitutional. The Texas law only allowed abortions if necessary to save the woman's life. How Roe and her attorney believed the Texas law was unconstitutional is beyond me. But more than that, that the judges agreed it was unconstitutional is an even greater and more grievous mystery. The Texas case made it all the way up to the Supreme Court of the United States, taking a matter that had been entirely within the laws of the states to a federal level. The 1973 decision in favor of abortion was made from vague ambiguities and presuppositions during a time when medical science was much more limited than today. The result was the legalization of abortion from a federal bench that interfered with the authority of all 50 states. In response, the late Justice Antonin Scalia called his colleagues black-robed masters and stated, quote, the court has essentially liberated itself from the text of the Constitution and from the tradition of the American people. He added, The Constitution is not a living organism as the liberals like to state when twisting its meaning into what they want it to say. End quote. Today, the World Health Organization estimates are 40 to 50 million babies are murdered by abortion each year, which is a total of 125,000 babies daily. In the United States, it's estimated between 62 and 64 million babies have been murdered since the 1973 rogue ruling. More details about abortions can be learned from the links I'll have in the show notes. 
as exceedingly tragic as this is, there has been progress in the effort to overturn this unprecedented Supreme Court ruling ever since the ruling was first made. According to usafacts.org, the number of annual abortions have been steadily declining. An article by Gutmarker Institute headlines reads, For the first time ever, U.S. states enacted more than 100 abortion restrictions in a single year. This article was published in October 2021, reporting data for the same year. Doesn't that encourage you about the progress towards seeing Roe v. Wade reversed? It sure does me. The American Center for Law and Justice is at the forefront of the current-day Supreme Court rulings. Their website states, quote, overturn Roe v. Wade and save unborn babies, end quote. The article reads, Supreme Court has taken up a major case that could strike at the heart of Roe v. Wade and save countless unborn babies' lives, end quote. When states like New York passed new laws allowing abortions up to the moment of birth, Mississippi passed a law banning abortions after 15 weeks. The radical left and groups like Planned Parenthood immediately filed lawsuits, and the federal courts quickly struck the law down. In response, the American Center for Law and Justice filed a crucial amicus brief asking the Supreme Court to take up this vital case, and now they have agreed to hear it. This is major. It's a direct challenge to Roe v. Wade, and it could directly save countless babies. The ACLJ is filing critical amicus briefs at the Supreme Court to defend unborn babies. This is the case and the ACLJ needs all the support we can give. I'll have a link in the show notes where you can sign their petition. This could be one of the action steps I've asked you to take in response to hearing this podcast, and I urge you to visit the link I provide because you'll see they have the power to influence many with evidence of signatures of supporters. Your signature truly makes an impact. Now, let me introduce you to my guest and filmmaker, Tracy Robinson. Tracy is the director of an upcoming feature-length documentary called The Matter of Life. The documentary equips people to understand the most contentious issue of our society, abortion. She was inspired to do this documentary while creating videos for Ventura County Pregnancy Center in California. The Matter of Life is an award-winning documentary that unravels the complexities of the abortion debate by addressing the issue through science, philosophy, history, and powerful personal stories. The film answers hard questions and provides hope for the future. It's coming to theaters nationwide in May 2022. Now, here's my interview with Tracy. I recently learned about a woman who is doing an amazing thing for the kingdom of God. Her name is Tracy Robinson, and she has actually been being led by the Lord on a path for quite some time to bring her to doing what she is today. And I'm looking forward for you hearing her story. Tracy, I want to welcome you to my podcast. Thank you, Pamela. You know, I learned about you through Intercessors for America, and I immediately reached out to contact you to see if I could have you on my podcast. I was so moved, almost to the point of tears, over what you are doing and how you have the opportunity with the Lord's leading to make some major differences, especially here in America. What I understand and what little bit I've learned about you, Tracy, is that you had a different point of view at one point in your life. Would you start with that point of view and bring us up to today, please? Sure. I was leaning towards choice, even as an evangelical Christian, but I was very not concerned about abortion. I was very apathetic about it, and it just wasn't something that I thought about much. And my background is in film and video production. I My career has been in documentary and 
primarily video editing. And I was doing volunteer work for a pregnancy resource center, actually, in Ventura back in 2015, 2016. And my friends at the pregnancy center invited me to an apologetics night where the topic was the case against abortion. And I thought, well, I'll go and see what my friends are talking about, what my pro-life friends are really talking about. And I was so struck by the message. I had never heard it before. Just the science of embryology and the humanity of the unborn child from the moment of conception. And I knew there were so many people in my shoes, evangelicals included, that have never heard the message before, the basic pro-life case that it's wrong to intentionally kill an innocent human being. Abortion does that, therefore it's wrong. In addition to the science and the philosophy behind it, he showed us graphic imagery of abortion. Uh, He invited us to close our eyes if we needed to, but just seeing those visuals and just seeing what abortion really is and does struck me. Mm -hmm. And I was immediately just downloaded, I like to say, with this vision for a documentary but I had all these questions. I wanted to know how we got to this point in our society, how it became such a contentious issue. Mm -hmm. If the unborn child is a human, why is this even a crisis in our country? And so I didn't know about Roe v. Wade or anything. I didn't know about the truth behind Planned Parenthood. I just wanted to know how we got here. So I went on this research journey and discovered this amazing pro-life movement and a lot of powerful stories. And so the documentary turned into, you know, I wanted to show the science, the philosophy, the history, and the powerful personal stories. So we address just the mind and the heart behind this issue. And by the grace of God, just through my own funds and a lot of generous donations along the way, it finally came to fruition this year. It's called The Matter of Life, and it's going to come to nationwide theaters this coming spring in Mm -hmm. May of 2022. And that's something I'm going to be encouraging my audience to make certain that they see and tell others to see it. But before we get down onto that part of of what I do want to make sure I cover, I want to ask you, if I'm not mistaken, part of what you want to do is to reach the millennials in particular, because you believe that they're very much like you, that they hadn't heard all the history and the background that led to Roe v. Wade and what we've really done as a nation since 1973. Correct. I think that my parents' generation, they have a tough time understanding that this is even not common knowledge, you know, that the unborn life is a person deserving of rights. Millennials, especially if you're like me, you went to public school, uh, you know, your parents, maybe they're conservative, but we never talked about hot topics. We are not given this basic information unless we're looking for it. And unfortunately, we're not really thinking about this issue that much until we're confronted with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I really am passionate about bringing this information to young people in church, also their parents. I've met a lot of older generation people along the way that are very pro-choice, uh, even in the church. Yeah, I'm just really passionate about this reaching a whole host of people. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that in creating the documentary series or the documentary that you wanted to make sure you had some testimonials in there. Can you give us some highlights of what we might expect from the the film? Yes. One of my favorites, we have a former abortion doctor, a former abortionist. He's an OBGYN, Anthony Levitino. 
And he told his story of how he used to do thousands of abortions and the powerful story that he lived, the testimony that he lived to bring him to a point where he could not do one anymore, not even an early case abortion. And so that was really powerful to me. We, we highlight people that were so scared, they didn't know what to do when they got pregnant and chose life uh, when they found a pregnancy center. We highlight people that are doing amazing things in the movement. I didn't want to just convey the bad news about what abortion is and does. I wanted to show people that there's these amazing ministries that really do help women in their time of need. There's ministries that equip churches in order to help women in, in church. So there's a lot of great stories that come out of this issue, a lot of redeeming hope that comes out of this. I'm grateful that this is coming to the surface again. I'm grateful we've got the Supreme Court reviewing Roe v. Wade and some of the other briefs that have been filed. There's a lot going on right now. What would you say is the essence of what needs to happen to wake people up? We've got two sides. We've got hardcore pro-life and hardcore pro-choice. What is going to make a bridge? Yes, there's thousands of babies dying every day. Since Roe v. Wade, there's been over 60 million, I would say 64 by now, 64 million babies lost to abortion. Uh, It's 1 million every year. And that's what we are allowed to count. So I think that it really starts with education. I really believe that knowledge is power. It's very cliche to say that, but that's really what started this whole journey for me was learning about the basic pro-life case, the science of embryology, fetal imagery, just somebody taking the time to tell me. You really are unique though, because you said you were willing to go see what your pro-life friends were all about, what they're thinking. Sure. Not everybody's that open-minded. My audience is people that are teachable, that are willing to learn, willing to educate themselves and willing to bring their friends to, you know, to the conversation. Yeah, my audience is not people that are hardened to the facts, just want to turn a blind eye and cast insults. And so it really does take a teachable heart. And I think most people, especially in their formative years, you know, shaping their worldview and wondering what they believe about things, they are teachable. I think we see a lot in the media that these people are hardened and they don't want to listen or, and there are antagonistic people like that, but I'm after the people that are on the fence like I was. Mm -hmm. And I think that with everything the world has experienced these past couple of years with COVID and the management of COVID, people are more desperate today to know truth. They are questioning what they believe and why they believe it. So I can see God's fingerprints all over your project. What would you like to have? my audience really understand about the heart of this issue from your point of view? Yeah. Well, if you have Christians listening to this, and I know you do, I really think that they should be encouraged that it's really worth their time to engage in this issue. It's really the heart of Christ himself to care for the defenseless. You know, God himself sent his only son to die for our sins when we couldn't help ourselves, Mm -hmm. when we couldn't save ourselves from our own sin. And in the same way, that's the heart of God. When we address the abortion issue with compassion and love and trying to defend, you know, trying to stand outside of abortion clinics even and offer resources to women and compassionately, you know, that's the heart of Jesus. And I just want to encourage people that are engaged in the life issue that your, your work is not in vain. You're doing the work of God, like you're doing God's will. 
And I, I believe it's the number one moral issue in our nation, mm-hmm. in our world. It's killing unborn defenseless life in the womb. It's more than just enforcing a vaccine on people. It's like actually intentionally killing another yes. innocent human being. Yes. And I believe once the church starts to address that more and more, we'll see God's blessings flow into all these other issues too. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that's biblical. Like the, in I forget what verse at the moment, but in the Bible, it says that God delivered Israel into the hands of corrupt leaders, evil leaders, um, because of their child sacrifice. I really believe that abortion is a form of that in our modern society, child sacrifice to bring us prosperity and our own will. Like we take the lives of our unborn children to satisfy our own desires. Mm -hmm. I mean, most women aren't doing that intentionally. It's It's just the heart of God to defend these innocent lives. Midway through this production, I realized how disengaged the church in America really is on this issue. Mm-hmm. Understandably, it's a very sensitive topic. There's so many people in the church who have had abortions, and it's so political. And so I understand that a lot of pastors and leaders don't even want to address it because it's just so offensive. But I think that they're missing a huge opportunity to minister to people. We're missing a lot of opportunity to love more people in our church and through our church. I agree. Um, And this is part of what my podcast is all about, is to take up those topics that need to be discussed, that need to come to the Christian mind so that we can be operating in truth. And this issue, I've never heard abortion discussed from the pulpit. That's one reason I wanted to make sure we have this on the program today. And I really like your approach. You are very compassionate. You understand that there are people who are wounded for having already been engaged in the process of abortion. But I know there's hope on the other side of this, just as you mentioned that there is an upside to some of the good things that have come out of this. So the hope that can be available, especially for those who have either had abortion or related to somebody, like maybe the husband, or people who've been in the abortion industry, what is the message of hope you'd like to have them here today? Yeah. I mean, if you've been involved in an abortion in your past, I really want people to know first and foremost that there is forgiveness in the person of Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter what you've done in your past. What he's done on the cross is even more powerful Mm -hmm. to forgive your sins, to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And he took the burden and the shame on his shoulders so that you don't have to. You don't have to live with that shame and that guilt anymore if you believe on Christ. And I want people to know that there's just such a huge opportunity to love more and more people in our church. I read a study that blew my mind as I was making this, and it's in the documentary, that four in 10 women who've had an abortion were churchgoers in the month Mm. they became pregnant. Mm. And so not only do we have an opportunity to minister to people with abortion in their past, we have an opportunity to minister to women and men in that situation. Yes, absolutely. You know, the hope of Christ is so much greater than even many Christians understand. And I'm really delighted that that's part of the message that you want to get out. That's the message I want to get out as well. You mentioned resources. What kind of resources can the viewers of your documentary expect to take advantage of? Well, on our website, matteroflife.org, you can go to the Take Action tab. And we've laid out several categories of different ways people can get involved in the pro-life movement based on their gifts or their interests or their talent. My prayer is that people get engaged where they're at with what they're able to do. I'm not pushing a certain resource or method. 
I'm just trying to encourage everybody to get involved in ending abortion. Some of my favorites are pregnancy resource centers, obviously. There's so much opportunity and need in our community. And I think starting with your community is so important, Mm -hmm. but serving or donating or helping your local pregnancy center, starting an Embrace Grace ministry. Embrace Grace is a great ministry that equips churches to love girls in that situation, to love single moms. CareNet also has a, a Bible study. So yeah, if they go to matteroflife.org slash take action, they can find a lot of different things. That's one of the things that I liked about what you're doing as well. I don't believe in reinventing the wheel. I think we should be finding organizations that exist that are doing something that we want to be involved with and partnering with them. And that way we're seeing unity in the body of Christ. So that's one of the things I also appreciate about what you're doing. You know, I want to make sure that my audience understands how your film will be viewed because you are selling tickets in advance, aren't you? Yes, we are. I think we're going to start selling them in January at the March for Life. If your audience goes to matteroflife.org, they can sign up for updates. They can follow us by subscribing and they can stay up to date on when those tickets go on sale. And again, we're going to theaters nationwide for two nights in May. So very exciting. And after that, it's just going to be amazing how this film really spreads. Right. So what we want to do at this point, since I'm interviewing you before the distribution of the documentary, we want to get as many people as possible aware of the documentary, visiting your website, finding out more about what they can personally do. But above all, tell everyone you know about the documentary. Let the word of mouth really take over because the more people who go to the theaters and view your documentary, the more buzz, the more opportunity you will have to get into additional theaters, right? The more opportunity we have to to get a third viewing, a third night. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. So in the theaters in May, and after that, Mm -hmm. people will be able to get it for viewing in their home, which would be a great thing for small Bible Mm -hmm. studies and churches to do and make a Mm -hmm. night of awareness on this topic of abortion. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, eventually it'll be on DVD. It'll be on streaming. You know, there's going to be several ways people can watch it. Your audience can follow us on Facebook, The Matter of Life. The Matter of Life is on Instagram and on Twitter. It's all the same handle, The Matter of Life. You know, I covet your prayers Mm -hmm. uh, that this would really be a game changer for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And not only that, that it would literally save lives. And I believe it can and it will. Absolutely. And that's one of the reasons we want people now to be sharing about this documentary, sharing about your website, matteroflife.org, and to get involved helping to restore our nation to godly principles. Amen. What would you like to close with, Tracy? Well, I just want to thank everyone for listening and encourage people that their prayers are not in vain, their hopes and dreams for this nation. You know, it's felt and it's heard by God himself. And I want to just encourage people to not give up. It took me, you know, I started this whole vision came about in 2016 and it just finally came to fruition. So there's just a lot of blessings when you don't give up. Absolutely. And I commend you for that. Thank you so much for being part of the podcast. I'll be checking back with you to find out how it goes after the release. Thank you so much, Pamela. Thank you. I encourage you to visit Tracy's website, lifematters.org, to learn more and check back often to learn when and how you can get tickets to see the documentary in a theater near you. At the time of creating this podcast, the Supreme Court is again hearing briefs filed in favor of life. 
The American Center for Law and Justice has filed three briefs in the Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization case regarding the 15-week abortion ban that could overturn Roe v. Wade or give power to the states to determine their own abortion laws. This could give new life to other pro-life legislation around the country in the courts as well. The prophets have encouraged us by letting God's heart and will concerning abortion be known. In response, our job is to get involved to see God's will done on earth as it is in heaven. We have much to pray about, but not from a heart of uncertainty. God has already revealed His will concerning abortion, and prophets have claimed it will be overturned. If we will unite in prayer and deed, we can be part of quickening the overturn of this murderous, evil law the enemy of God has promoted for nearly 50 years, resulting in the loss of 125,000 babies daily worldwide. The Supreme Court's decision will likely be known in June. The ACLJ has already filed three briefs in the case and are hard at work in their next case for the unborn. They are also filing a critical brief in federal appeals court in defense of life on behalf of a governor and state against Planned Parenthood. This could very well be the next big abortion case at the Supreme Court. The ACLJ is an excellent organization for you to consider supporting in whatever way you can. I'll have a link in the show notes. Litigation is costly, so I pray all of us do what we are able regarding this most serious immorality our nation has before Almighty God. And if you didn't know, Jay Seculo of ACLJ was specifically named in a prophecy as one who would have great impact on overturning Roe v. Wade. Let's pray for him and the ACLJ. Now, I want to close today's topic with a quote from Dutch Sheets. Quote, If the church continues to awaken from her slumber, heeds the voice of the prophets, and begins to partner with the righteous government leaders, The Lord will make a way for our nation's biblical foundations to be restored and for His glory to fill our land again. God's desire is for us to see a revival in our cities, our nation, and other nations of the earth. Don't yield to discouragement and fear. Holy Spirit is calling forth an army of faithful followers who will not yield to discouragement, but will instead boldly push back the darkness. End quote. Well, I want to be counted among the army of faithful followers, and I sure hope you'll join me. Remember, I always have much more in the show notes than I mentioned during a podcast, so you'll find more resources about today's topics, as well as updates on prior week's topics in the show notes. Next week, I'll tackle yet another issue that impacts us personally or impacts someone we love. Each week, you can always count on me to bring you relevant content to help us discern current events in light of prophecy to know how God wants us to respond so we can gain spiritual victories over life's issues. And in these times of economic uncertainty, it's more important than ever for you to have a financial plan to protect and increase your wealth. Ed Torres is a team member with the Financial Advisory Practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, who can help you with your future financial goals. Ask Ed Torres about the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach to see if you're prepared for your financial future. Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, understands your goals, and they provide personalized advice to help you reach them. Call Edward Torres at 949-250-3210. Office is located at 2600 Michelson Drive, Suite 1460, Irvine, California, 92612. The confident retirement approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, 
a registered investment advisor. Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC. You don't have to be in California to consider working with Ed. They're licensed in many states, so I'll have a link to his website on the show notes, and I encourage you to contact him for a free consultation. And keep in mind, I recommend Ed because of the personal experience my husband and I have had with him as our financial advisor. You know, Christmas is right around the corner, and I would love it if you would consider some of the products and services I offer on my show as gifts you can give. I offer my books and other products from my web store, which you can get to through faithtoliveby.com. And be sure to use the promo code TRUTH, T-R-U-T-H, and you'll receive a 20% discount on up to two products. And if you haven't already, make it a point of getting my Make America Godly Again bumper stickers. It's a great way to display your faith and encourage others, and there's a lot for us to be encouraged about lately. Also, consider becoming a subscriber to my bi-monthly e-newsletter, which will make you a preferred member, and you'll receive special announcements and offers not available to others. And by subscribing, should anything happen to my podcast, I'll have a way to contact you to make sure you know where to find me. And with so much going on every day, let's connect on social media. You'll find all of my handles in the show notes. Be sure to take advantage of the free resources and bonus items listed on Charisma Podcast Network and on my website, faithtoliveby.com. On that landing page, there's a link and more information about my sponsors and partners. I bring this show to you every week at no cost to you. So if you can help by purchasing any of the products or services I bring you, it would be greatly appreciated. I hope you'll join me next week and tell your friends and family to listen right here on Faith to Live By, where we learn how to gain spiritual victory over life's issues. Until next week, I'm Pam Christian, asking you to remember, Christ died for us. The least we can do is live for Him.